You're listening to Roll On Board Edition 6 at Radio for Brainport. On this edition, my guest is a very well-known figure in the innovation and design circles in the Brainport area. He has been involved with the development and the growth of the world's smarter square kilometer, the high-tech campus. He was also involved in the development of the Technical University of Eindhoven campus. And he was part of the kickstart of the Brainport Industries campus. He's passionate of developing ecosystems and social innovations that work for people and with people. Can you guess who my guest is on this new edition? I can. You can, of course. My guest is Bertian Bortmann. Very well, well pronounced. Well done. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you for the introduction. I am really honored to have this conversation with you. I'm really curious, how did you end up with developing all these campuses in the Eindhoven area and are practically all the campuses that matter in this area? Yeah, so I was involved mainly for the longest period in the high-tech campus for over 15 years. Uh, the Brainboard Industry Campus, kickstarting it for a period of six months and the TUE Campus, also my involvement there was... Uh, less, of course, than with the high-tech campus, and I was also mainly involved at the TUE campus and TUE innovation space, which is kind of a cool environment where all the student teams are uh, located. So how did I end up developing campuses? It was, it was a coincidence, I think. I was in HR, and we had to fulfill the vacancy for the facility manager of the strip at the high-tech campus. You know the strip, the long, yeah. tall building next to the lake? And as an HR, I had to look for a facility manager. We, we couldn't find uh, the right guy. And the director at that time, Jerome Verhagen, after we did three rounds of selection and couldn't find suitable candidates, he said, well, we, while we were having a beer, well, Bertjan, I, I asked him, Jerome, yeah, this is the third time we did. We invited candidates and still no, no right candidate there. Um, what are you looking for? He said, well, I'm looking for somebody like you. And then we will have we're having a beer, and I said, "Well, okay, somebody like you, but isn't it something for you to do?" I said, "Well, okay, I'm in HR and I'm not in facility management, but you say, well, okay, the strip needs to become the beating heart of the high tech campus, where people meet, eat, and inspire each other. I think you can do this, and so that's how I ended up becoming a yeah, the operations manager of the strip. I joined the uh, management team of the high tech campus, and that's how I got involved in developing campuses via the strip, the now." well-known beating heart of the high-tech campus. The beating heart of the high-tech campus. What skills did you have to develop for yourself or did you have to apply that you already had to make this a success? Because you've been in this role for many years and there is high-tech campus now also because it started that way. Yeah, of course, you do nothing all by yourselves. It's always the team uh, that you're part of that makes it happen. Uh, so at the high-tech campus, we just had an awesome team. And uh, we got all the support of, of Philips management to make a success of the high-tech campus uh, Eindhoven. So uh, they knew that we were trying something new. Uh, there was no benchmark for the high-tech campus before we started with the high-tech campus. And, and, and they were very supportive and gave us also the opportunity to learn. So it looks like a big success now, but we also made some mistakes along the way. Uh, but that's not, not, not bad because... As long as you learn from your mistakes, it's good. And that's what we did at the high-tech campus, and that's how it became, I think, nowadays the benchmark for campuses in the Netherlands. 
high tech campus is very often compared with the Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Silicon Valley of Europe, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So did you get inspired? Were you, you know, investigating what they do in Silicon Valley to translate it into European culture and style design maybe? I don't know. Was that something you considered or was just more, no, we are European, we are here on the Dutch ground, we'll just do innovation design in our way? Uh, it's both uh, because, of course, you, you, you look at Silicon Valley but also our campuses and other regions to, to, to find inspiration. But then again, you can never copy uh, Silicon Valley or any other ecosystem. You need to create and build and develop your own ecosystem based on the history and the foundations of the past and looking together with the networks towards the future and and find out where you can make a difference as a network, as a cluster. Um, And that's what we did. So we looked at Silicon Valley, but also other regions and found inspiration there and then not copied it, but but, uh, found our own way in building a successful ecosystem. Was there uh, an idea of what the management wanted to achieve with the high-tech campus? What did we want to, I don't know, to have as an end result? And I suppose there is no end result because it is a constant development, right? Mm-hmm, you, you, mm-hmm. It changes and it exists, right? But when it started, was there, you know, dot on the horizon? Yeah, it is, so you can look at that in different ways. So there was this picture that we used in presentations a lot at the beginning, there was a, a, a picture uh, with the old buildings of the high-tech campus, and then we 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 um, put in that uh, picture the the new buildings that we envisioned towards the future. Um, and if if you look at that picture, I think it's 20 years ago or, or yeah, some something like that. No, a bit less. The high-tech campus pretty much looks now like the picture that we made then. But it's not about the buildings, it's about the brains and the cluster that we've developed there, the ecosystem that we've created there is totally different than we've envisioned because we started out as the Philips high-tech campus. It was supposed to be a campus for only Philips departments Okay. in 98. And then in 2003, we already opened up the gates towards third-party companies and we turned into high-tech campus Eindhoven. So building-wise, we envisioned that the buildings that we envisioned are realized I think like 90%. Uh, and the campus uh, yeah, in pictures looks like the pictures that we uh, drew up with architects at that time, 20 years ago. But the ecosystem yeah, is totally different than, than how we started out. And it, it's also continuous in development and it's changing at such a rapid pace. So that's different. It's been a great ride so far. <laughs> And it still is. Yeah, and I'm it no is longer involved in the high-tech campus, but I come there often as a visitor. I organize many events still there. And I look proudly at what we've done in the past, but even more towards the new strategy of the new uh, campus site management team, uh, how they continuously are further developing um, the hotspot um, that the high-tech campus has uh, become. I think you are saying it right. It's an ecosystem. When I mm-hmm. go to the high-tech campus, my first... My first um, introduction to the high tech campus was before I even moved to Netherlands. Yeah. I came to high tech campus many years ago. It was probably about fifteen years ago. Okay. For auditing, auditing a company I was working for. Okay. And they were having their building. They are not in the high tech campus uh-huh. now anymore. They were having their building where Shimano is now. So towards the eggs on yeah, that side, towards yeah. the motorway. Okay, yeah. 
I remember I was living in, in France, so mm -hmm. I drove with my rented car from France to Eindhoven and it was all so complicated for me to get around the motorway. I was like, I was really impressed with this big, you know, space and this dedicated area to all these companies of various, yeah, in industry, but not really various because I was working for an uh, IT services company, so it was the right place to oh be. You were right. auditing Accenture then? No, I was part of Atos. Oh, Atos Origin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Atos Origin. Yeah, yeah. So it was just around the oh, time... they were in the buildings that Philips is now uh, yeah. in. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it was just at the time around or before their merger with Siemens IT in Germany. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they were in high-tech campus. And I remember it was a surprise for me to come there. I was used to La Défense, but it yeah. is something different, right? You're in the... Uh, center of Paris and you come here and you have this dedicated hub and it is a clusters and building and mm -hmm. you have to get your head around but people yeah. are there you know you think there are only industries to work and then you get out at lunch and you see people socialize people exchange there is more than just a work environment yeah this uh, yeah and that's what I it was already like I don't remember anyone, 15 years ago. Yeah. And that was really impressed me because it was like, so it is not only that we are in this silos building and we have, you know, we come to work here. We come here to socialize. We come here to exchange. We come here to network, to collaborate. Yeah, to make a difference together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that was my first impression of high tech campus. 15 years ago already. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good to hear because uh, yeah, we were very actively building that ecosystem at that time and that you already at that, that time experienced it like that. Yeah, I did take the wrong exit coming yeah. out of uh, the high-tech campus, but I was safe. Okay. <laughs> I did not understand <laughs> right where to okay. go out. But yeah. I, I think it was more my problem than <laughs> the signs on our high-tech campus. But okay, that's that's another thing. But here you are. Uh, here I am, exactly. Yeah. And then I experienced a high-tech campus again uh, three years ago, mm -hmm. going there for something that has didn't have anything to do with you know technology or work. I was going there for a speaking public speaking club. Oh, okay. The, the, the International oh, Toastmasters. Toastmasters. Yeah, exactly. I know them. They were in the farm yes, at the exactly. Campus always. The little yeah. building in yeah, the middle those there. The, the, yeah, th those were things that we're, we're happy to facilitate. So if somebody came with an idea for an activity or an event or a network club, we always thought, so how can we help him or her to be become successful with the club? In this case, the Toastmasters. So we offered the farm for free. We offered our newsletter for them as a platform to announce that what we're they were doing so that they could grow the network. So we did all these things uh, because it's like now, I think, 12,000 or 13,000 people. You cannot have one network of 13,000 people. You need a lot of different networks within the big uh, cluster of 13,000 people to make the right connections. So you have the, the community garden, you have the sports facilities, you have the wellness center, you have the Toastmasters. Or you have high tech Excel, you have high tech Plaza. You need to do all these things to see that people can make the right connections. It's about yeah how you're connected to the networks um, that defines, or not defines, but it's also partly responsible for for how successful you can be as a professional because you cannot never know everything yourselves. But you know for sure when you connect to the right networks, you will find inspiration, knowledge that you need at some moments in your career, for sure. I like how you put it, that in order to be successful, you can't do it on your own. No. Okay, it matters definitely your determination, mm -hmm. your motivation, your skills, mm -hmm. but taking those 
isolated, you can't go very far. No. And I heard you several times saying that in order for people to go fast and far, they need to collaborate, they need to mm-hmm. go together. And it seems a bit that is what you do everywhere, right? Yeah. Because I follow you for a while and I can see you do so many things. Mm-hmm. I think, oh, Bertrand is involved in so many things. And then I take a step back and I think all these things l- seem to have a similar trend. You create events where people come and connect, collaborate, and share ideas. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, that's and, and, and it's mostly voluntarily. So there's a lot of events like uh, the demos, pitches, and drinks, the awards that I organize. It's all because I like to connect the dots in the network, uh, give people the stage so that they can share their ideas, and then order hear about those ideas and think, well, I can help, and it's that easy. But somebody needs to organize it, and I'm happy to do so, not alone, but a whole group of people. So so there's many people involved in organizing all these events. How do you manage to put all these people together? And you mentioned it is all a volunteer, and to get them motivated. Because as you say, it is a lot of work. It seems easy, you know, you just organize an event. It's not just organizing an event. Mm. How do you get the people behind you? Do you know how you do that? (laughs) With enthusiasm, probably, and passion for... For the network, I'm really a fan of Eindhoven, a fan of Brainport. And there's so many great creative people here that you know that when you create platforms where they can connect, magic will happen. And what I do with others that have that same passion uh, is, is, is just create those platforms where others can connect. And then we share the stories, and the stories again inspire us, uh, inspire other people to come and to join, and then so you build uh, a, a network. But it's all done done with people that share the same passion uh, for Eindhoven, for Brainport, for connecting creative professionals in the networks. Um, yeah. So how do you how do you do this? You just do it. Before we started, I was asking you if you are an Eindhovener and how did you fall in love with Eindhoven? Yeah. Do you want to share that? Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm in love with Eindhoven. So uh, I graduated here with Phillips. I did my thesis. I'm a, a, I'm a psycho- psychologist, um, so graduated with Phillips, and then they offered me a job. But at that time, Eindhoven was a bit boring. So, so I basically, was not so happy that they offered me a job, but because I couldn't re- really refuse to offer. And my mother said, "Well, okay, nay, if they offer you a job with Phillips, you should accept." Uh, but I wanted to go to Amsterdam because the city I didn't like. It's it cool, Amsterdam. Eh? Yeah, Amsterdam is cool, and a lot of my friends also studying in Groningen uh, found jobs in Amsterdam. So I said, "Well, I go there." And, and I accepted the job with Philips Research, and and pretty quickly I fell in love with with Eindhoven way of working. This is like, this is a small city, anywhere. Uh, which direction I take, I'm in nature in five to ten minutes. It's overseeable. But nevertheless, you you play in the Champions League of high tech, twenty four seven three six five. You're you're part of of the avant-garde of of creative tech professionals, which is kind of amazing. You have companies that have networks here all around the world that are connected to Asia, U.S., South America, which makes it a very interesting city um, to work in. And that's what I fell in love with. It's always forward-looking. What can we do next? How can we... It's always uh, looking how to cooperate. People realize that they cannot do it themselves, that they need to join forces with others. And that's what I fell in love with, the Eindhoven way of working. 
Do you mean that Eindhoven way of working is very much inclined towards collaboration, towards thinking outside of the box, looking to things differently? N- not per se thinking outside the box, but we do. We have, of course, with Philips Research, you have the inventors. They th- need to think outside the box, otherwise you cannot in- invent. You have the designers. They're also working on, on uh, the borders of what's currently possible and thinking about creating and, and, and mainly... I think the unique skill, the secret ingredient for our success is cooperation, collaboration, and 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 trust. Trust is is the default here in Eindhoven, I think, in in relations, also work relations, and that makes it very easy to go fast together, or to go together fast. You said something so important to build trust. Mm-hmm. I can't let this go, especially as I have in front of me a yeah. psychologist as well. How do we build trust? A lot of organizations, a lot of teams need to build trust, especially mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. here in Eindhoven, we are also in a multicultural environment. Yeah, uh, There are a lot of nationalities. Mm-hmm. Most of the teams in high-tech campus are multicultural. Mm-hmm. How do we build trust, Bertian? What are your tips for building trust? So it helps when you have a common goal. Uh, and I think at, at, at that higher level as a city, as a network, as a cluster, we have a higher goal of being successful in innovating in high tech. We share that passion. Uh, that helps. But then it's uh, you need a lot of interaction between people and, and between networks to build the trust. It's about... Uh, so you organize events. You create clusters like the High Tech Campus or the TUE Campus or Brainport Industry Campus that people feel part of. Uh, when you feel part of the same cluster, it's easier to trust others that are part of the same cluster because you know, ah, they're part of the same cluster, so probably they share the same values that I have. They're working on subjects that probably also matter to me. Uh, so that helps. Then when you start to organize events in clusters or even connecting clusters, uh, people start to know each other. Not each other, not not all. They, they cannot know, everybody cannot know each other personally, but when you know people from the cluster, and and you want to connect to the cluster, those people can connect you to the people that you really need in the cluster. So it helps to build connections, trusted connections, that you can use to find your way towards the right answers. So it's it's put it easy. It's it's about clusters of talent in which you organize events so that they can interact and socialize, build social capital together, again contributing to the trust. Trust, again, makes it easier to organize uh, because then people say, well, okay, we trust you, let's do it. You build, again, uh, you interact even more, more social capital, trust. So it's that's more like the social machine that you built. It's easier said than done because people understand this when you tell this, but how to really do it? You also see this with campuses. People come and have a look at the high-tech campus and think, well, okay, we brought our architects, we brought our developers, we're going to do this ourselves in whichever city or whichever region internationally. But it's about the stuff that you, that you do to organize the ecosystem. And that's, that's where it gets, gets difficult because you can say, well, yeah, you need to organize events. Yeah, okay, so that's not that difficult. But you need to really do this continuously. And not only one event, like many events, and uh, not uh, in one month, but every month gets more difficult. 
that's why we organize demos, pitches, and drinks every month. And after a year, people just knew that the event was there. So you do, uh, we hardly need to un- advertise anymore because everybody knows that it's every first Wednesday of the month there's demos, pitches, and drinks. So if you're an innovator, a startup, an entrepreneur, investor, this is where you can go to build your network in the Eindhoven region in the startup scene. Easy. And from that, we can connect you to all kinds of other startup networks or investors or hubs in the region. Yeah, you create reliability as well. So yeah. you are reliable. You say that you do, and you do what you say. Yeah, and not one time, not a one-off, but continuously. Yeah, so you announce, you organize the event, you look back. So there's a com- th- there's a heartbeat to to the things that you do Absolutely, during the yeah. year. So you have to. Th- it's more. Yeah, we're in a theater here, uh, recording this podcast. It's like pro- you 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 need to program. Sometimes it's it's difficult in its simplicity. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I think uh, the simple things are indeed difficult. <laughs> yeah, but because yeah, if you talk about it, it sounds easy. But to do this every day of the year together, yeah, that's where where it gets tough. It is. It does. It but does. that's also where the fun starts because then it's where where, where it starts to make a difference. So if you look at it more s- from a science point of view, so to say. Um, and so MIT uh, did research and followed, uh, gave people socioscopes and, and followed uh, the phone uh, or uh, got data from people's phones and just followed how they how successful people and successful places were connected to the network. And, and they found out basically two simple things. Well, um, to be successful as a campus or as a person, you need two things. You need a lot of weak connections because weak connections bring inspiration, new ideas. It's uh, When you're at an event, you don't know all the 300 people there, but people go on stage, share their ideas. You have a drink with somebody after the event. They say, well, I am from NXP. I work on 3D software. And two weeks ago, I found this article. Oh, you should really read this. It's, it's finding ideas, connecting to networks, finding inspiration. And then when you want to do something, you cannot do it alone. You need strong connections. Who do you trust to pick up the phone when you call? I have this idea, shall we do this? And it's an early stage idea. You never know if it will be successful. So you need people to trust you. Ah, okay, I trust Ralu. Let's do it together. I will, we'll see what happens. It's about a lot of weak connections to be connected, to find inspiration, new ideas, and strong connections to get things done together. I love how you put it. The, the power of the weak and the strong connections. Yeah. And I heard something else. There was an old saying mm-hmm. that uh, was going like, it matters who you know, you know, to advance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I heard another one, and yeah. I will pass that for you to see what it is European. It matters who you know, but not as much anymore. It matters who knows you and what they think about you. I think this is true, yeah. This is a nice one. I haven't heard this one before, but I think this is true. People know that you can be trusted, that if people know... Yeah, your your networks that you can help and are willing to help and are not will not misuse their trust. That will make a difference. And next generation that I worked with at the university is not about titles or, or, or job titles. It's about w- w- what can you do to make a difference? How can we help each other? Because problems are so big. Uh, this is the first generation that's now graduating that suffers from the consequences of climate change on a daily basis. Uh, and it's also at the same time the last generation that can really do something about it, and they know. So there, if you look, for instance, at entrepreneurship in the next generation, like in my generation, it was you you, you became an entrepreneur to become uh, successful and and yeah, uh, make money, make uh, buy house, cars, yeah, you know, yeah. have a family and, and, that and goes and out. With yeah, exactly. And this generation, f- for this generation, un- entrepreneurship is is a is a means to an end. 
they, mm. they, they want to become an entrepreneur to solve the current challenges that we're facing as a society. Look at all the student teams. It's like 40 or 50 nowadays at the university here in Eindhoven, but also in Delft and in Enschede. And they, they, they're all volunteer and give up a year of their studies for n- n- no money in exchange to build crazy solutions for the current challenges. Currently, uh, uh, there's the student team, uh, the former uh, uh, solar uh, com- uh, solar team, they build a off-the-road solar car and are now traveling Mo- M- Morocco to test their car. And I like these kind of crazy projects just showing that it can be done. Who would have thought as an off-the-road solar car, only charged by the power of the sun? And there's 40 of these teams. And what you see is that when they've been in such a team for a year, then they say, well, if we can do this as a student team, as volunteers in one year, why not start our own company yeah. and really bring the solution and technologies that we've developed in the student team towards the market? Look at Lightyear, look at Dense, look at Eleo, uh, look at Integral Technologies. These are all startups that started out as student teams and then thought, well, okay, what the heck? Let's do it. Let's build Let's a company. Let's scale up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's not who you know, but who knows you and who yeah. knows that you're to be trusted to help them further on their road towards making a difference. Yeah. 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 Nice one. Yeah. I will remember this <laughs> one. I will write it down after the podcast. Good. While you are talking about mm-hmm. how the next generation or the current you know, young mm-hmm. generation is changing, yeah. I was thinking back with, we had the ages of the grid, you know, you're talking about where our generation uh, is now. We had the generation that was more mature when we were starting, Uh right? So the ages was the grid, was shareholders driven, make money, Mm -hmm, gets mm -hmm. profitability. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how, as long as you make it, right? We Mm -hmm, have mm -hmm. a lot of those examples, corporate failures. That was always a a bit different between European uh, and the the, the, the American way. In the U.S. Yeah, okay. But yeah, that's uh, correct. Continue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then we moved in the last 20 years, maybe 15, 20, yeah, 20, towards the stakeholders driven. Mm-hmm. Like we look a bit more than the shareholders. We, mm-hmm. we started looking to the nature, where we started, and to the rest. How do we impact the social environment? Yeah. Now you say we are shifting. Do uh-huh. as, as an observer, as, as again, as a psychologist, because I'm so fascinating by how do you see this transition and move from how society and organizations are working and the impact on how do we function actually? Towards what are we going? Oh, this is a very, very big question. So I only can answer this as a, as a person, not, not, not because I'm not like an expert in this. I think we're in a transition. You see the, the big companies that are still shareholder-driven, sometimes struggling to find their ways in the new model. Uh, so they've embraced the SDG, but then again, there was this trend of greenwashing. Now greenwashing is gone because everybody was talking about it, so now they try to really, to really um, do it. To really do it. Um, but still, it takes time, and you see the next generation's embraces they just want to make the difference. They realize that that the future depends on what they do today, not talk about today, but you really need to act now because, yeah, uh, there's not much time left. Yeah, so it's very difficult to answer this question. It's also bothering me. I have young children, uh, so so what can we do? How can we change the sh- system? Do we need to change the system? Because, yeah, you also need a system to make, to create an impact because yeah you need to companies to work together you need 
big machines that are not easily built, so you need companies for that. I, so it's it's a very tough question. I I, I, I don't know. You you need clusters anyway. That's for sure. You need clusters of talented people tackling those solutions. That's for sure. That's that's what's driving innovations. There are many questions that I think we cannot answer at this mm-hmm. point in time that it bother us, as you say, yeah. having children and looking to what it is they are for them in the next 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. What should they do to live a um, safe life mm-hmm. with everything that goes around? You don't even want to get into a political uh, conversation or worry because we do see a lot of movement. As you say, we are in a yeah. transition changing period. But we need to think about this because, again, I'm not an expert. I'm not a historian. Uh, but, but, but you have, of course, the period after the Second World War, World War that we said to each other, this never more. And then we came up with the uh, European, I don't know what is in English, but first we started out making agreements with each other about um, uh, energy, and then later that evolved into the European Union. Uh, we have like uh, uh, the United Nations. And looking at the world uh, today, uh, like 60 years ago, from here to Germany, there was there was a distance. There was like, there was like a, an adventure when you uh, were going there. Uh, but now this is like, yeah, people do this every day. You uh, go shopping go there, there yeah, for you lunch. Yeah, you go shopping there. So the, the, the world is like, um, has become what the European Union was like 60 years ago. And, and you need to look at it together on a worldwide base. Yeah, ag- again, and come up with new institutions, agreeing upon things. Because now, yeah, you have yeah, Asia, Africa developing rapidly. There's all kinds of historical things that are keeping them from quickly developing. There's then still companies that are active there, but not as clean as they're active here. So they, they're making a mess. I, I, so there's so much going on. We need clever people, other people than me, on a worldwide scale to think about how we do, how we, do we want to live as a world towards the future and what kind of uh, new set of rules do, do we need? Um, how do we share the scarce resources that we have and use them in such a way that we don't ruin the earth. Uh, we need everyone, isn't it? Yeah. In in these times and day, and you mentioned it, there is such a demand for talent and mm-hmm. for people. Yeah, It goes back to creating, in this situation in Eindhoven, the campuses, but creating the environments where people can thrive and can be at their best, where uh, people can work together. Well, I will give you a very simple example of something that we did at the High Tech Compass, not that, you know, I think, a eight years ago. We had, um, so the, the Flüchtlingenwerk, the, the refugees, um, governmental refugee organization contacted us, well, okay, we have uh, selected our, our refugees, they have a bachelor in ICT, can we come w- with a group of 12 and visit the campus? We said, oh, well, of course, uh, you're more than welcome. Because uh, also at that time, we needed all the talents. Then they came when we started to present, and we started to present in English. That's what we do at the IT campus. Uh, uh, like uh, English is the uh, language of choice there. Uh, then the uh, um, civil servant of, uh, how do you say, the... the the employee of Vluchtelingenwerk said to us, well, you, you need to do these presentations in Dutch because they're a, a refugee, they need, need to learn Dutch. But then we said, well, okay, we have uh, developed a program for you today. We 
visit different startups, we visit different corporate uh, companies like Philips, and uh, the people working there, they don't speak Dutch, they speak English. So we cannot do this in Dutch, it's not possible because, yeah, they don't speak Dutch. So then they say, okay, yeah, if that's the case, then do it in English. And then what happened was that after like 10 minutes, uh, people started to talk about ICT, and then the, they, they were no longer refugees, they were like experts talking about ICT yeah. and about work and how they can make a difference together. So it's also the, the stereotypes that we're using, the uh, brackets that we put people in, or, or that, that we should come up with, with solutions for that, because I experienced that after 10 minutes, they were talking about C++ and Java and what have you, and they were like talking about work, and there was no like expert or refugee, they were like, Professionals, Prof- yeah, yeah, talents. Is this such a good example of sometimes people can be victims of the environment and the situation, mm-hmm. but that doesn't define their talents, their skills, and their abilities? No, exactly. They are still talents, yeah. which it is what we see a lot. And well, here. we're all humans, and we all want the same. We want uh, a safe environment for our families to grow up uh, in. Uh, we want them to make the most of their talents, uh, and nowadays we, uh, everybody around the world has these ha- has these these phones. They're on the internet everywhere. So imagine that you're in Africa and you're a talented young professional, and you have your phone and you see what's going on here, and you want to make the best of your talent. <laughs> then you want to join other networks, other clusters, because you see what people can do there. And if we want those talents to stay in Africa, for instance, we should help and, and create the same kind of clusters, the same kind of work there. Yeah. Then th- th- there's no need for and and help them also with all kinds of other problems. And that's what we need to agree upon as a world. So how how are we going to solve this? Because basically, uh, if you look at the uh, um, uh, average age um, uh, here in the Netherlands, we know that in in the future we don't have enough young people to pay for our uh, pensions, so to say. And in Africa, it's totally the opposite. They have many young people, not that many old people. So ex- th- th- that could be a solution for our problems. But but how can we help? What kind of a r- r- new set of rules and values can we agree upon? To, to almost sounds, sounds like a Christmas message, like to make this into one world. And it is one world. Because maybe we do arrive to the realization that we can't live in isolation. No. We do have clusters taking this mm-hmm. to the world level, mm-hmm. right? We do have Netherlands, we do have Belgium. Mm-hmm. As the example of Europe that you gave, we did arrive to the conclusion at a certain point that we can't play only for ourselves. No. We needed to work together for many, many reasons. And the same goes with the world. If there is war or unrest or there is a low quality of life somewhere, mm-hmm. and if we don't help that area, it impacts another area. We can't live in, uh, in isolation, neither as individuals, neither as countries. And, and again, hey, this is, this is uh, again, we agree on this, uh, and I think many people do, but then what are we going to, to do? do? And, and how are how? we going to, yep. to do this? And it starts with, 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 yeah, that there's enough people that really want this because you need some to create some momentum. But at this, I, I think this is really the next step for... for well, because what typically what's happening now, eh, and we're not going there to discuss that in detail, but there's so much going on that you see that the world is in need of a new model because this isn't working. This is like not going back to de- decades. Yeah. And, and, and we want to 
go ahead and continue because there's will big problems out there and uh, a new set of rules new set of institutions make the changes that are needed and see to it that everybody can profit one of my favorite quotes is that what brought you here will not bring you there no exactly and i think that's exactly summarizes yeah. what we are discussing about what you are saying mm-hmm. that whatever we've done until now was plus minus mm-hmm. okay with the mistakes we've done yeah. as you say we made mistakes as generation as we made mistakes we l- hopefully learn from them but it brought us where we are to the development we have today mm-hmm. however that will not bring us to the future we need to have. No. And y- I saw you very often using codes like the action you take today defines the world we have tomorrow yeah. and the activities uh, you do today mm-hmm. impact on how do you live tomorrow, yeah. which it is so true. Are simple things, right? We were saying earlier, you were saying it is so simple and still so complicated to follow it through in everyday mm-hmm. life action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. And that because goes for most things. It's also people looking at each other. Uh, we, we, I look at you, you look at me, we look at people around us, and we think, oh, we, we know what's, what's going on in, in, in their minds, but we don't. It's like 2% that we see, and the rest is, is hidden for us. It's that hidden stuff also in organizations and, 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 and countries that makes the difference. And you should, and again, when I say this, you said, yeah, you're not, eh? okay, yeah, it's of course makes the difference, it's hidden, yeah, you're right. But how? How address that and how knowing that to care, try to change. Oh, it's tough, but then again, it's like what we're doing here. You need to do stuff and then step on the learning curves, what you were just saying, and, and learn. Throughout history, mankind is one big mistake, but from every mistake we've learned and improved, and that's what life's about. Also for me, I make many mistakes, and I try to learn, and sometimes I don't, but that's, that's how you evolve. As 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 a person, as a country, as a company. Thing I keep on <coughs> hearing that in order to change mm. and to make the best decisions for today, mm. for our tomorrow, mm-hmm. is that instead of keep on running and being busy with doing, 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 mm-hmm. we have to pause, slow down, and think how what we do really impacts. Because we got into this business of mm. life. You know, we have the social media, we have the tech. Everyone runs from the morning till the evening. The busier you are, the, the more sense that you are important and you do the right things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you walk without a purpose, people think, ah, he or she don't do much, you know, they yeah. don't know much. Yeah. And it seems that there is a demand to turn that into slow down think, do less but do better. The opposite of yeah. do more and do fast. Yeah, yeah. I recognize this also in my personal life, being 52. Sometimes you need to slow down. You cannot keep up the pace, um, the same pace as uh, when you were younger. It's difficult. Pausing. Why is that so difficult for us to pause? Yeah, I don't know, because you only have one life. You want to continue. You want to continue to grow. That's what we do. We grow. Like Everything on life on Earth is about growing. Nature, we... You you want to grow, you want to continue, you want to so pausing is is is, is, is difficult. Don't uh, we grow when you pause, you think? Yeah, I think you need to reflect. And and it would be good to pause, but then again that's not 
widely accepted yet you see the number of people also minor environment it's uh, so can also have something to do with age but they are going into a, a retreat or a retreat mm-hmm. a silent retreat for four days there are four days of silence how but um now i hear this more and more and they, they, those people come back and say well okay it opened my eyes and uh, really got uh, found uh, answers to questions that i was working around with or many for already for many years so um made me also consider to to, to do this but I'm, i'm not that far yet <laughs> to really pause for like four days and not say Silas. anything it's interesting because neuroscience shows that when you let your brain No, not to work actively. Mm-hmm. It is when you find the solutions. That's <laughs> the so eureka thing. That uh, yeah, that's that's also n- yeah. That your solutions come also when you sleep, yeah. right? When your yeah. brain is not fully active. If yeah, you are concentrating on a full problem and you want to find the solution, you might not find it immediately. Mm-hmm. But then, if you go for a walk or you go for a run or you go for a chat or a drink mm-hmm. with your friend and you start chatting, relax about it, it was always in front of me. That yeah. how didn't I know it? Yeah, I didn't press on it. Yeah, it's your unconscious mind that continues to work on stuff when you're busy with other things. It's the, the, the going back to to Philips, and so when I started working at Philips Research, they had this this lake, and then there was always these stories that that when the inventors that that when they went for a walk around the lake, that they came up with their best ideas. That's where they found the answers. That's why we when we uh, started to develop the high compass enlarged the lake instead of <laughs> for building a longer walk <laughs> yeah yes for <laughs> a longer walk no that's that's but okay um but but yeah that's true uh, even yeah sometimes during the night you wake up yeah, during the night you process and you wake up the other morning and you just have the answer yeah. and where it comes from i don't know yeah. But, but yeah okay interesting way of looking at it i so do the, get the my ideas when i run run yeah so if i have to do a presentation yeah. or i have to do something and normally i'm last minute mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know i need to i have my ideas yeah. in my head but i don't know how to yeah. uh, organize them right and i dump them on there and then if i don't go for a run i will deliver but i will not deliver the best if i take the time to go for that run while i'm running mm-hmm. somehow i will say that's how i'm gonna structure yeah. best yeah. And that happened to me several times yeah. until now I push myself to go for the run. I said, you need to go for the run. It is now in my agenda. Like, I know that <laughs> will help me. Yeah, yeah. There's just strange things going on in our brains. And this is, again, the hidden stuff you don't know, but it, it yeah. works. It's, it's, and, and because thinking costs us so much energy that we can only do this uh, yeah, for a limited period a day. We, uh, and, 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 and. So we need this probably this, uh, but how would it exactly work? I don't know. It would be very interesting to see. Uh, how I'm going to read up on this. So, yeah, this is true. I recognize this more. I think the majority of people will recognize this. This is why you find your ideas. Yeah, yeah. Not not wor- not being at work, but being away from work, relaxing. Let your unconscious mind do the work, and then the answer pops up. That's. Already know for ages because that's uh, the Eureka. Oh, yeah, I found the answer. I found the idea. Let me move from here to maybe with what are you involved now? Because I know you are doing a lot of activities to connect the yeah. dots. I also know that you are in a transition in your yeah, career. Yeah, I, yeah I'm can I ask about yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm in a transition myself. Yeah, so I'm a. Uh, 
currently in between jobs, so to say. And I'm trying to pause now. So I yeah, would just discuss, yeah, 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 because yeah. the first uh, reaction is, okay, find new jobs, find new uh, um, projects to work on. Um, but but you're not the first thing. Pausing is important. Some other people in my network also said, well, yeah, pause a bit. Take take a step back and look at it and let, let the rest kick in and see what, what it brings to you. So I'm in between jobs and um, I'm still drinking lots of coffees with people to talk about new projects, but... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not. Ex- I do not exactly know as I used to in the past when I changed jobs what to do next. No, I'm, 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 I'm open for. I know the environments that I want to work in. I want to work in a, a cluster, really like a physical cluster, because then there's many people. Uh, so, like for instance, a TV campus, high tech campus, those kind of environments when there's a lot of people, a lot of companies internationally connected that that's what yeah i like that so the environment i've pretty clear in mind but what to do next i like so you know i've been involved in startups i like startups i like also to work in big corporates because there's this there have built this big social machine that works so you can really make a difference working in a big company because there's lots of resources that you can use i like the and university environment because there's many young people like every year there's 25% new influx i like that new students new energy always naive think that it can be done still uh, i like that gives lots lots of energy every year also the tu- student teams change uh, i like that i have in mind the environments but not exactly uh, a line out of job y- you've done a number of things yeah t- we are saying that these things connect in a way of creating those mm-hmm. environments where mm-hmm. companies can grow, people can be at their best, mm-hmm. apply their knowledge, innovate, and so on. What will be really, I'm curious, because maybe people who are listening to our podcast will recognize they might be in a transition between mm-hmm. jobs as well, and mm-hmm. they might be somewhere beginning of their career, uh, middle, they might be a bit more experienced yeah. and you know have done it all best all but they are not finished Uh and they want a challenge what it is that challenge for you that thing that you'll say will get you out of the comfort zone a little bit is a bit crazy to think about wow that's a difficult one because that's so big so i'm also a bit afraid to answer the question that has (laughs) to do with impact what are the things that we discussed really make make a change together starting in 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 the city uh, the region do you think the city needs that doesn't have yet? I think what the, so yesterday I was at the uh, city marketing, Peter Kenty. He showed me some numbers of research that he did in 21 and I was surprised with that. In the city, like, like, but it was like they, they surveyed over 3,000 people from all different groups of, of, of that the city has. Um, and everybody was very positive still about Eindhoven and the international um, the the international talents working here. So there was a lot of positivity in recent. And I think we have to take care of it that that will not tilt towards negativism based on... Uh, so so we need as a city to take care that we... Because when, when it tilts from positive to negative, it's more difficult to get back to positive. So you, we need to see that we maintain this. And now there's pressure on the housing market. And there's a lot of um, things that 
that are being discussed in, in politics and, and, and also in newspapers, uh, like uh, there's a gap between the, 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 the internationals working at the campuses and people in um, the suburbs. Um, and But still, everybody, also the people in the suburbs, shown by the numbers that Peter Kenty showed me, are still very happy with Eindhoven and proud uh, also at ASML and the high-tech campus and the TUE campus. Um, but we need to take care that that will not tilt towards negativity. What, what happened in Silicon Valley, actually, is that um, because of the pressure on the housing market and all kinds of other issues related to um, uh, the professionals working in here and, and, and the tech companies there, um, at one given ta- moment in time, people were throwing rocks at the buses of, 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 of Google, of buses bringing Google professionals towards the Google campus. You don't want that to happen here because then you have a big problem because tilting that again towards the positive, that's very difficult. Uh, so we need to be happy with what we have and see to it that we take care that that stays that way. Yeah, and I think I- in my mind, links into that connection and acceptance of the Dutchies, Eindhovenies, mm-hmm. not Brambanders, the international that mm-hmm. are coming because it is a huge flow of yeah. international. Yeah, yeah, big. And what I see from the programs I am involved with is that some international, most of the international come here for one contract, mm-hmm. but they come with the family. Mm-hmm. And there is this hidden talent mm-hmm. that is not used of the second partner. Mm-hmm. Um, that I- we were talking earlier because we use processes that are not fit to give the yeah. results. The way we look to people and the way we measure them in HR, yeah. the way you yeah. look to talent, doesn't tick all the boxes. And no. because it doesn't tick the boxes, we don't consider it. Yeah. And But that's the difficulty. You still need boxes to discuss. But then you need to realize at the same time that the boxes only... Are par uh, are a part of the reality. Should we redesign uh, those boxes? Maybe. How do we yeah, need to redesign them? Th- yeah, you need to redesign them continuously based on mistakes and learning continuously. But you still need boxes. You cannot uh, look at reality as a whole because it's just too big, too complex. You're, you you just cannot process. But you so you need the boxes to understand reality and to discuss with each other about reality and where to go. But then you need to continuously realize that there's much more and be open to what's our influences and continuously open also to other boxes that need to be ticked and and, and skip some of the old boxes. So new boxes, (laughs) get rid (laughs) of the old boxes. New boxes, yeah. But never forget, it's still boxes, it's not reality. (laughs) And look behind the boxes. That we don't get into the matrix and not realizing that we are in that. Oh, yeah. Don't go there. <laughs> Don't go there it's yeah. too early for that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we spoke about environments. We uh-huh. spoke about campuses, about uh-huh. the need of talent, the need of redesigning and rethinking. Mm-hmm. What would you like the listener to take away from you as a tip, an advice from your wisdom and your experience? Well, this is a question uh, that, 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 that I think, uh, who am I? To give an advice, and you think I'm being modest, but there's so many questions also that I have. I don't. There's so many things that I don't know that I would like to study, but life is just too short. Uh, 
and there's so many 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 people out there like i'm reading this book of kevin kelly right uh, right now he was the one of the founders of Wyatt. there's so man, much wisdom in there like like uh, what, what i really like one of his quotes was like uh, when you throw all the problems of people on uh, on one pile then you you're happily to take back your own problems because basically everybody is suffering that's also part of life and and how you deal with that and how you, what you learn from it is what makes the difference and yeah and I th- the only thing that i hope is that we're that we join forces a bit more than we're doing currently in society to help each other forward so let's stand on each other's shoulders and and find new ways of doing things this sounds also like uh, i'm a bit of a preacher now but so i find it really difficult to answer that question in a simple way it's it's f- what I always do when I don't know is find somebody who can help me, find networks that, that consist of smart people that can ask me questions, not, not tell me the answers, but help me to, to, to ask the right questions. What questions do I need to ask myself to find the answers that will help me along my way? So basically, find people that help you to ask the right questions. Because it's not in the answers, it's in the, in the questions that you ask yourselves and that we ask ourselves as a society that, that, that will make the difference. I like but that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So find the people who help you write the ask to who help you ask the right questions. Yeah. And I take away from you also the power of weak and strong uh, network, people in the network. Mm-hmm. I take from you the power of collaboration. Uh, looking to each other's strengths. Yeah. And also a bit of just do it, but sometimes push the pause button. <laughs> so not not only do. Eh? So <laughs> reflect. And this maybe it is a nice way for us to end our podcast and for mm. me to thank you for joining me, Bertian, for this yeah, very thank insightful you for inviting me. For yeah. this conversation. It's also helped me to yeah, so there's many, so many things that go uh, are running through my head still because of the questions that you asked me. Yeah, so thank you for that. Also, thank you for inviting me. Thank uh, you. And let's pose with your preference song. My preference song. So it depends. Uh, my children probably would say Mezzo Forte, Garden Party, because they really hate that song because I play it so often. I like myself in autumn, Miles Davis kind of blue that's more jazz. If I want to get happy, old disco, I like that too. So it's up to you to decide. Thank you, Bertian, and success. You're welcome.